I'll play back the levels the way you set them. Say it on me. Hey, pussy, are you still there? Lee. I back. People are always saying about the talk, and I talk, and I talk, and I talk, but guess who can walk? I back it up. I back it up. That means it's time to roll, baby. You got nothing going on between your ears, buddy. Hey, John, do you think I'm just going to sit there and let you kill me, John? I mean, really. I think I could beat every girl in my division with one hand. That guy's such a dick. I mean, you show your true colors after a fight. That fucking guy comes up to me. You know who you are, huh? I don't have much left to say other than you have seen nothing yet. <laughs> Hope to God you come ready. Hi, Michael Morgan, and welcome to this week's episode of the Wokecast, the lockdown edition, in conjunction with Middle Easy and also Violet Money. For all of your apparel needs, make sure if you want to support your favorite fighter as well, you log on to violentmoney.co.uk. Now, today's guest. Today's guest is set for action on this weekend's UFC card. And he's an unbeaten prospect. It's Jamal Sweet Dreams Hill. What's going on, my man? Well, no, brother. Well, you, you, I, I think first off, we need to kind of like uh, let people know, as this is audio format, why you sound so muffled. Because you're coming to me from the um, the UFC PI, right? Yeah, I'm out here at the Performance Institute. Um, I'm in PT right now. We got to wear requirement. We got to wear masks while we're around in here so you know they trying to do everything they can to keep everybody safe and keep everybody clean so you've obviously um arrived for the first time this is all new to you but just talk me through exactly what's been going on so far you've come in they've given you a mask they've given you little booties i mean just talk me through exactly you know the the, the cleanliness regime they got going on and right now i'm just getting some recovery uh yeah they got some they got protocols in place to uh keep everybody safe and keep everything clean. They're constantly cleaning crews through here. They're cleaning up and stuff. Um, yeah, he's doing what they can to keep a, keep a show on for everybody, you know. Doing it. That's what we're here for, man. We want to work. Uh, they want us working, man. So, so we, we've seen the absolute horror show, which is the nasal swab. So you haven't had that this time, right? You've had the throat swab. You said what? Yeah, had- no, we had, a, we had a throat swab. Yeah. So, how does that work? Is that 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 sounds less invasive? That sounds less brutal. Like you just say ah, and they stick a Q-tip down your throat. It's like the back, almost like the back of my mouth. It's just like a little, a little poke at the back of your throat. Thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not bad. Okay, well that that sounds uh, as I say, less brutal than the the nasal yeah. um, invasion. Yeah, that nose, that nose swab. We were, a little, we were a little worried about that. <laughs> so, on Saturday... That's what we were looking forward to. <laughs> so, on Saturday, you've actually got in front of you Clidson Abreu. I mean, just before we get to him, I just took a quick and cursory glance through your Twitter feed and I noticed um, one of your uh, training partners was... Uh, well, a fellow light heavyweight, he's only just come out of a, a clash himself. I mean, how did that partnership with uh, Anthony Smith come about? Uh, it's not one of my training partners. I'm just really cool. I'm just really, I was just cool with him. Uh, he was down, he was down working at my uh, my last fight whenever I fought Stosic. You know, I seen him at the bar. I had a conversation with him. Uh, he's a really cool dude. You know, uh, he's just willing to talk to me, give me advice about what he know about the game. 
you know, uh, even offer to uh, have us down to come train with them and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just really cool. You know, I, I support that guy. So in terms of the pearls of wisdom that he had for you, I mean, I, I take it that resilience definitely featured in, in the conversation. I mean, just talk me through exactly, you know, how that conversation went down. You don't. Like, what, 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 for him to endure what he took, that takes a different type of animal, different type of dog, you know, and to not give up and not, you know, that can't be taught. You know, that's not something you can teach. That's not something you can, you can, uh, you can give somebody, you know what I mean? No words is going to, it's going to put somebody, it's going to put that type of beast in somebody to take that type of, you know what I mean? That type of punishment. So just on, you know, Anthony Smith, I mean, obviously we're skirting around the issue. Well, I'm skirting around the issue. Let's just get down to brass tacks. And I take it you had a view on his resilience that he showed when he faced Glover Teixeira. I mean, what was your view on, you know, how that actually transpired and, you know, the, the brutal damage which he took? I mean, to the point where he lost teeth. Um, it just goes to show you what type of warrior he is. You know, he wanted to go out on his shield, and he did just that. Um, there was nothing. To, he did nothing to be ashamed of. You know, uh, just something that needs. He just got to go back to the gym and just fix the little mistakes, just the little things. You know, uh, more efficiency with your energy. You know, the, uh, be ready for if you do try to hit a guy with everything he's not. You don't get him out of there. You got to be able to. To, you know what I mean, to, to deal with that. And Glover, like, tats off the of Glover because he just showed that he was just a gritty vet, man. You know, he took, he took the lumps. Anthony hit him with some hard shots in the beginning, but he weathered the storm and went through and put his own punishment out there was able to finish it. So in, in terms of your own ethos, I take it that that mirrors yours in that you want to be carried out. You don't want your coaches to actually step in or even throw in the towel, right? Nah. Nah, man. Nah. Let me, let me, let me go out on my shield. If somebody is able to do that to me, hey, and I mean, that just goes to show me another level that I need to grow to and learn. Well, you're gonna obviously get that opportunity to to grow, as it were, when you are faced with your second um, walk to the cage. I mean, just on that walk to the cage, obviously, it's gonna be a little bit different in terms of what you were used to. Now, there's going to be obviously no crowd. I mean, how much does that factor in pushing you, spurning you on, giving you that enthusiasm and um, will will to win? I was fighting before the crowds, before the arenas, before the cages, you know what I'm saying? So a fight is a fight. A fight is going to be a fight with me. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, I'm coming to bang. Uh, as far as the apex goes, I fought in the apex already. That's how I got my UFC contract. Yeah. You know, they didn't look like it was a whole bunch of people in there at that time. Yeah, I had my people there to support me, but they still going to be there. I know they still cheering for me back home and everything like that. I got my coaches with me. And uh, we came, we come to handle business. We come to be dominant. We, uh, nothing did, nothing changes to us. When it's a business date, we come to handle our business like we always do. And just on handling that business, um, it looks as though just a cursory glance through your um, combat prowess that, you know, you are predominantly a, a stand-up striker. I mean, just talk me through that uh, whole... That's what, that's what people got me twisted, bro. Yeah. See, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, though. Think about this. When I first started doing MMA, since day one, the one thing I... is jujitsu. I started out doing jujitsu. Ah. People, people can't make me do nothing. That just a that's just a testament to where 
I fight wherever I want to fight. You know what I mean? The fight starts standing. If you can't beat me standing, what's there, what need is there to go anywhere else? So I, I, I <laughs> you obviously exactly. very. And then not only that, if you actually look back through my fights and look back through my pro fights, yeah, I've, I've got plenty of moments where I ground and pounded the shit out of somebody. My second fight, my second pro fight, I beat that dude by pounding him out on the ground, and he was an all state wrestler. Yeah, of the fights I've seen, it looks as though that you're very, very comfortable on the feet. I mean, in terms of your speed, in terms of your work rate, you do your best work standing up. I'm comfortable everywhere. <laughs> Just on that comfort, it, it seems as though you know where the the uh, the questioning was actually going. I mean, you're obviously facing um, a BJJ or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt. I, I take it then there's going to be no um, apprehension in actually going to the floor, considering where his skill set lies. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell wherever the fight goes, I feel confident. I'm a I don't talk dominance just based off the of stand-up. I talk dominance just based off my all-around game. And you know the cage which is um, going to be used on Saturday, is that the same cage that you had on the Contender Series? Because it's a smaller cage than the UFC usually use, and that is it's a 25-foot cage as opposed to the 30-foot cage, right? I would assume they're using the same cage. Yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit shorter, a little bit smaller. That's why some of the some of the shots were on Stostic, actually. One of them, that uh, that one in the third round, I believe it was. I actually thought I was gonna fall into the cage, and then I did. You know, I didn't. It was a little bit further back, so it kind of it kind of caught me. But you know, I that. So I mean, just on that, I, I I've seen a few people comment that you know this does actually ratchet up the action, the fact that, you know, people have less space to work in. I mean, how true is that? How true is it that, you know, obviously the shorter the space that you've got to actually connect with each other, the better it is for the viewer? Uh, I guess I can see that. I mean, like me personally, it's all about how the person's going to fight, how the person, what the person's going to do. And either he wants to get in there and bang or he wants to try to play. So. No. It's, it's all, it, it all depends on what, what, what the fighters want to do, what the fighters decide to do. Okay. Okay. Well, you know, on Saturday, um, obviously, this is something which um, you've been preparing for. You've actually, you know, put in the work. But I'm intrigued how you actually have done that, considering we've all supposedly been on a, on a lockdown. I mean, I'm based in, in London, but... I take it it's the same for you in that the gyms were closed. How did you actually prep for this, considering that you'd need bodies also to work with? We hit our gym. We went in. We went in with the people that I was working with. We locked the door. We locked the door. We got our work in. Two a day. Two a days. Same business as usual. All right. So there, there, there wasn't... There wasn't any kind of like um, home working or, or, or working out in, in the yard or anything like that. It was all, all gym based. I worked out in my basement. I worked out in my basement throughout the corner, like throughout, like before I took the fight. But right when, whenever I took the fight, I told my coach we need to open the gym. So we uh, we got we called a select few people, and we brought them in, and we uh, we got in the gym. Ah, like one of my, one of them is my. Uh, He's a uh, he's nine he's nine one and one he, he's a heavyweight uh, one of the top prospects in the world Brett Martin I got him out here with me right now you know he's been with me this entire camp it's my brother yeah he's putting in work with me every day you know he come in and he put in that work he's 
he's on he's on he's on a level he's on a level that I don't that people don't realize, you know, and mm. I'm, I'm happy. With him. So, in terms of your long term prospects, um, I, I get it that you know, like most light heavyweights, um, you obviously want to take it all away and actually face whoever will be holding the belt, whether That's it be anybody in any weight class. What's that? That's anybody in any weight class. If they're not, if they're not trying to take it all away and go get a belt, then I don't know what why they're doing that. <laughs> so it kind of like brings me on then to John Jones and. Um, you know, I, I I don't know what it is, but there's something in terms of um, your aura that you you share with John Jones. I'm not sure whether it's the, the the hunger. I'm not sure whether it's because when John entered the cage, he was also or entered uh, the octagon, he was also unbeaten. But um, do you think that there are any similarities between yourself and John Jones, or am I getting it twisted? I mean, aside from the dominant. I don't think so. Not really. I don't think so. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm me. I'm me. And he's John. You know what I'm saying? And I'm. I don't know, man. I don't think. I don't think he was bred like how I was bred, man. I'm a different type of animal, bro. I don't think any anybody bred like how I was bred. I came up another, a whole another way, in a whole another way. You know what I'm saying? But as, as far as in terms of dominant, yeah, dominant, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> So in terms of the division itself, I mean, it isn't the deepest of divisions, is it? Now, it, it's pretty clear that, you know, should things go very well for you. I mean, having 38 people in front of you, that's pretty deep to me. <laughs> well, I suppose it depends on, you know, who we're talking about. I mean, in terms of your trajectory at the moment, um, you were looking, as you rightly say, quite dominant. So they're obviously going to try and push you. They're obviously going to try and match you up with people who are going to test you. I suppose the point I'm getting to is that, you know, is John the type of opponent that you kind of like rub your hands and, and relish or, or it, it, can anybody get it? Bro, anybody can get it. I've been saying this since, the, since I stepped in. It's just before I even came in here. I'm not, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm here for that belt if whoever hold it, but in between then, I know I got to work my way up. Anybody can get it. I don't care who it is, bro. You, if you've man enough to sign that contract with my name on it, you can get it. <laughs> now I hear that. I hear that. And what were your thoughts um, with the whole conversation about John going or possibly going to heavyweight to face, you know, killers like Ngannou? That's his business. That's his business. I'm just gonna keep doing my thing, you know. And then when it comes time for me to ring that bell, I'm gonna ring it. We're gonna see if he answers. Okay, I hear you. Now, the finally, I, I noticed uh, again um, looking through your pictures that you, you know, are competitive not just in the cage but outside it. You like to play a bit of chess, right? So you're you're quite a competitive guy. I've been playing chess since I was five. Oh, okay. So you're you're quite the you're quite the master now, right? I'm all right. I do. I do. I do. All right. I ain't played in years. That, that game I just played. That was with a with a with a, uh, with, a with a good friend. He um he asked me if I wanted to play, and I played. I hadn't played in a while. But yeah, I'm pretty. I know. I know my way around the chessboard. <laughs> that's cool. High school. <laughs> that's funny. People always think that's funny whenever I tell them that. <laughs> yeah. Me and my brother was actually in the chess club. Whenever I was in high school. 
<laughs> no, because um, the, the reason why I, I neatly was trying to segue from chess in that you've got the black piece and you've got the white piece is at the moment, there does seem to be, in terms of media reporting, a lot of emphasis on the division that's going on in America right now. And um, one thing which caught my eye today was uh, a news report. I'm not sure if you saw it. It was a it was a young black man again, who actually you know um, died at the hands of police. His name was um, George Floyd. Did you catch that? I did not. Yeah, you see, I, I just wanted your. I just been on my phone. I've been moving. I've been busy. That we had to leave out of switch over to the room and things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just been kind of moving, but um, there was just a there was just an incident back back in my own home city in Grand Rapids. Where uh, um, this young black guy was sleeping in his car, and Grand Rapids police pulled him out and beat the hell out of him. Pictures wow. terrible. Pictures of his face were terrible. You know, like it's it's crazy, man. Things are getting things are definitely getting out of hand. Something definitely needs to be talked about and done. You know, but um, at this moment, I'm just I'm focusing on the task at hand. You know, and uh, yeah, whenever whenever it's time for me to speak my mind and my voice to be heard, and let it be that see that's what i i was gonna um you know obviously lean into in that apart from tyron woodley i have to say in terms of um black representation and um talking about black issues you don't actually hear it from from fighters so i suppose you've answered it in that you know you've obviously got your plate full right now but is that the sort of thing i think you've you've sort of semi-answered the question but is that the sort of thing that you want to give more prominence and give um more of a voice to I'm, I mean, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm not just trying to, trying to do things and make things, you know, I want to make an impact in the world, just, and not just, with, 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 you know what I mean, with people of color, then you know I mean, people who need help, period, you know what I'm saying, things like that, and whenever I'm able to get, get those opportunities, I will act on them. I hear you, I hear you, but spinning the whole competitive angle and you know um alluding to chess on its head what we normally do here at the uh, wocast um nearly each and every episode is the fighters who we talk to we uh, we put a we put a five question quiz to them you up for that oh uh, yeah sure okay i'll be done in like five minutes Doing an interview right now. <laughs> yeah, my coach is ready to go. I've been in, I've been getting PT for a while. Oh, okay. they're probably hungry. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna whiz through this then. The first question is, um, like like you uh, described earlier, you've actually met up with Anthony Smith. Now you've met him, you've admired his work, but what's his nickname? Lionheart. <laughs> Correct. Okay, second question. Um, Dana White, your boss. He's been your boss for a while now. So I, I take it you've 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 become acquainted with him, right? Uh, not. I talked to. I talked to last time. I had one conversation with Dana, and that was after the Contender Series backstage. But yeah, was, but but you know a bit about him, though, right? As far as what? Well, what's his uh, what's his middle name? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that was question number two. His middle I, name. I know. I know him. I know him. I know him. 
know he don't pull. I know he don't mince words. <laughs> <laughs> His middle name is Frederick. All right, let's speed. Let's speed on quickly to question number three. The organization you now are employed by, the UFC. Um, this might sound like an odd question, but what do the letters UFC stand for? I'm going to give you multiple choice here. Is it Ultimate Fighting Championship, singular, singular, or Ultimate Fighting Championships, plural? Singular. <laughs> Correct. Okay, and your birthday uh, went by a, a few weeks back, and happy birthday, by the way. We could go, go today. Yeah. Now, 19th of May, 1991. What day was the 19th of May, 1991? Mm. <laughs> this, this was the day you were born on. Monday. Incorrect. You were born on a Sunday. So I was about to say Monday or Sunday. <laughs> okay, finally. Um, when John Jones entered the octagon, and that was the first time that he actually stepped into the octagon, what was his record? I don't know. He was 6-0. I don't know, 6-1-0. Not bad. Not bad at all. Not too shabby for a first go, and not too bad considering you're going through your medicals, and uh, not too bad that you're wearing a face mask. Jamal, it's been absolutely outstanding speaking to you. Um, this will be out probably in the next couple of days, so look out for it. I'll tag you in it. And um, I really do appreciate the time, considering how busy you are, my man. Uh, not a problem, bro. I appreciate it. Okay, well, good luck on Saturday, and um, you'll be looking out for your uh, your hand to be raised in victory. Yes, sir. Take care yourself, buddy. Uh, you too. Bye.